Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, content warning. Incest and masturbation. So, before episode five began, <laughs> yes. I said, do you think we're going to see masturbation or incest in this episode? And I said, por que no los dos? And, and doomed us. Then... <laughs> We had an episode that began with masturbation and ended with incest. Bookends. But then in in season or in episode six, uh-huh. neither. Neither right. of those Which things. Which was a big change. I'm like, how much of this am I gonna have to see? Uh more than you want. It's more yeah. It, it, yeah. It was a, it's a lot. It's I think lot. you hate this show. Uh, I, I Before, like some of it. <laughs> I don't Before, like it. Before we get into it, mm-hmm. how was your week? Uh, aside from the masturbation and incest, it was wonderful. Yeah, I, I had a good week. It was tiring. It was busy, but I, I enjoyed myself. I I haven't got COVID, so Yay. there are, as far as I know, actually, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. Say right? It. No, that's right. We, we have no neg- We have no positive tests. Yes, we know somebody who's currently. Um, He's been tested, and we're waiting on the results for him to see if we all have to go take tests Which as well. I bet he's already gotten Sterling knows, and nobody's telling you. Yeah, probably. I'll take that part out. I don't want so to how call was your out week? people. Uh, it was good. I did not get enough done. I was trying to do some paintings for gifts. I don't know that I'm going to have them done. I'm planning on going to visit somebody next weekend. Yes, I understand. California's in full lockdown. Mm-hmm. That may or may not impact my plans. When I'm scheduled to go down and visit a friend next weekend, same friend that I always visit, and I was going to bring gifts for um, people down there, but they are currently blank canvases, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's that. I'm going to get into this. Here's the thing. All right. I still really like the show. But, uh-huh. but, here's what I'll say about the incest and the masturbation thing. First of all, masturbation doesn't bother me to see on screen. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I don't have a problem with it. It doesn't bother me. The incest, however, in this particular show, is frustrating to me. Because it keeps going. We get it. It is a week-to-week show. I right. presume it was released week-to-week. Nobody forgot since last week that this mother molests this child or this man. Uh, so we don't have to have multiple scenes of the same thing happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like one and done, as far as I'm concerned. It can be an ongoing issue that we could know is happening in the background, but I don't need to put eyeballs on it. It seems exploitative at this point. Right. And especially when I think they're trying to get me to care about Brady and his mother. And every time this happens, I hate both of them more. And I'm not saying that I'm being a prude about this. It's the whole issue with seeing how many times I've watched Brady masturbate now is just that everything is really kind of gross and weird about it. You know, this he yes. starts with the, But that, that is I think I on know, purpose. That, that's on that's, purpose, but also I get the point. Which I would like to say I would like us to normalize masturbation. No, in, I, I, I'm sure that in you know, media because typically right. when you see it, 
that shit's yes, creepy. Absolutely. It's always done in a he's doing it. First of all, it's almost never a woman. Mm-hmm. And which is why in the New Mutants there's a scene where um where Arya's character, her name's not Arya, her name is Maisie Williams, and I can't remember her name in the movie, but uh, is doing a, a pseudo confession because there's not a priest in the other mm-hmm. thing, but she is a, an Irish Catholic person, so she goes into the little confessional and she's doing her confession, but then she says she masturbates twice, and that's it. Like there's no, there's nothing, there's no oomph put on it. I li- I, I like that normalization of masturbation, but every time we see masturbation in media, almost every time, it is a man doing it at an inappropriate time in an inappropriate place or um, uh, to an inappropriate subject. It's always, it's a kid, it's a parent, it's a sibling, it's a coworker in front of them. It's, I mean, it's always, it's always something also, it's always represented as something to giggle and laugh about. That's right. And so, Instead of normalizing what is sexual behavior for lots and lots and lots of people, I would say just, most people, it just becomes this sort of gross thing that you're watching, and yeah. then you don't. Really and then we titter, and then right. we don't talk about it, and then people think that what they do is mm-hmm. shameful right. or something that I only they the, do. The best it's really pretty crappy. Representation of masturbation without actually showing masturbation was in Booksmart. Um, I love the whole argument about uh, her, her toy, the teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Yes, and th- we didn't need to see it to get no. how funny that was. You know, we weren't shaming her. No. It's just that she's so innocent that, you know, her only sexual partner is this really rough-looking teddy bear that she's had since she was a kid. Well. And so that when she actually does hook up with the hot girl in school, she has no idea what she's doing. No, and, and, it, and nobody knows what they're doing in really school funny. the first time. It, it played on a way that actually made me laugh. I'm like, this is not uncomfortable, yeah. weird, we're not shaming her. But the thing, for, 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 not... for millions and millions of people, it mm-hmm. is a daily, if not weekly, activity. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess just like we see Hot Bill urinating mm-hmm. quite frequently in this show... Yeah, uh, there's a there's, <laughs> there's a weird emphasis on bodily functions. Yes, things, I think. Which and I will say, you know what, what's great about this show uh-huh. is the opening credits. Right. The song is a T Bone Burnett song because of course, of course, it is. Right. <laughs> um, and it feels very much like a, like a true detective. Yeah. Beginning or whatever, but it's changing. It's it's evolving over time. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, previously Bill was waking up in his chair. He's now getting up out of a bed. So that's, that's, that's I like the idea that we cut from his using the toilet to a faucet that barely manages a drop. Yes. That told me everything I needed right. to know. We're like, we're still. Uh, it, it reminds me of this. the old days when you had a love scene. I think, what, what movie was it? Uh, I don't even think it's a love scene in far that it's of questionable consent in Streetcar Named Desire where, um, Marlon Brando uh, takes his wife, and then we cut to a high-powered water hose cleaning a window. And you're like, oh, I don't... I right. Need. And that told me all I, I needed to know. Yeah, Again, I'm not a prude. I don't know. I'm okay with normalizing certain sexual Well, yeah, and I, like, I would I, be too, but this is just a weird fetish this yes, man carries out. Yes. And the fact that he's... Uh, 
alternately thinking of running down people with his car. Yes. And his mom. The fact that this is the... I understand why it is the way that it is in this. I'm saying generally in media across the board. Yes. We should be normalizing masturbation. That's what I'm saying. That, that's my platform. I'll be running for president in 2024. Normalize masturbation. <laughs> Normalize masturbation, decriminalize drugs. Like, there we go. here we are. That's it. Decriminalize that feels like sex workers. And also that. They should not feel ashamed of... Uh, well, well, actually, we should give them a better standard of living so that this is not your well, only way to life. If No, it shouldn't be your only way right. to life. But if you want to consensually have sex and make money while doing it, you should be able to do that in a safe mm-hmm. uh, and and clean environment and not mm-hmm. be worried that you're going to be the victim of a serial killer or get a disease right. or et cetera, et cetera. Um, because frankly, I also believe in a barter economy. I have many skills that are not going to, wait to, to use, and I would like to paint you a picture for you to make me the loaf of bread that you're really good at making me. I think that this is a thing that would be better, and I am sad that that is not the society that we live in anymore because I feel like there are many people who would mm-hmm. be doing things that make them happy instead of the things that make them money if we valued that Right. more. It feels to me like that's what the millennial, I'm gonna, I'm using very uh, you're heavy quotes. air quotes you're making on millennial. I am a millennial as well, but the mm-hmm. artisan, the movement for artisan things mm-hmm. wants the same thing. Like, but I want to make soap. How about we trade my soap for your, you know, flour, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Well, I, I think Do I want to live on a commune? I absolutely do. That's what is, I'm saying. Well, everyone has a place on the commune. I know. I'm not think. I'm not sure how I would do for that because it's like, do I have to commune with anybody? Because I don't want to commune with anybody. You would run the exercise. Okay. You would run our gym. <laughs> as long as I don't have to have a lot of contact with people, I'm very happy. You like contact with people if From you're fighting them. Yes, too. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, so this first episode, uh, episode five, mm-hmm. which is called the Suicide Hour, does end and uh, begin and end on uh, those notes. We have uh, sex. In the meantime, though, uh, they are going to talk. They're going to they're going to chat. Mm-hmm. Um, they apparently there's a chat function on Debbie's Blue Umbrella, so that's how this one ends with um, Bill getting hammered and basically calling Brody and or Brady and Brady answers. He puts yeah. a pretty cool like uh, insta filter over his face, <laughs> so he's not. Uh, not seen, and then they have a conversation, sort of face to face. Now, before we get there, what else happens this this episode? Well, we, that's sort of at the end. We get a lot of Brady being interviewed to become the store manager. Mm, that's the second episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it five and six? Um. Yes, yeah, so it was five and six. Okay. So the first one was, uh, okay, we start yeah. with him in his car, he's masturbating while thinking about all the times he's had sex with his mom and the time he ran over a bunch of people with a Mercedes. Right. So, uh, and then he also, we also see in a flashback that Olivia Trelawney had come into the store, treated him like garbage, told him he wasn't going to tip, and she, and he captured the key fob information when she locked or unlocked right. her car. So that might be where he got the uh, ability to open her vehicle and the idea to steal hers because she's a bad person. 
She was not a good person. Well, he he's setting that up for himself. She certainly didn't deserve what she got, bad person or not, I think. No, and the other I, thing I is, agree with he's you, driving her to suicide, too. Yes. We're beginning to get a sense of, and it makes it harder to be sympathetic with him because he's just... There's something desperately wrong with him. Oh, yeah. I'm not in any way sympathetic no, 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 no. with but him, I mean, regardless of what I think this show wants me to that, feel. That's what I'm having the issue with right now when yeah. I say, you're saying I don't enjoy it. I enjoy half of the show. He is such a piece of work that I hate spending time with him. Yeah. And, I, and they're doing that on purpose. Like, that, right. is, that is a function of the show we're watching. It is a little rough. I mean, there's a reason that, like, okay, I don't like Seinfeld. Why don't I like Seinfeld, the TV show, everybody? I'm talking about the TV show. Um, because if any one of those characters was off, uh, was hit by a bus and removed from the show, I'd be like, fuck, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I hate everyone on this show. Uh, not that I want them to really be harmed, but none of those characters... I don't like any of those characters. And for some people, they can watch a show where they don't like any of... They actively dislike all of the characters. And that is how they interact with the show. I'm dying every second. Mm -hmm. Like, every second I live is closer to death. So I don't feel like I want to watch a TV show to dislike it. Like, that doesn't feel good to me. So I try not to do that. I think I've mentioned this before. I took a class... Um, in a lit class that was transgressions or transgressive behavior in women's literature, or in and one of the books, although the transgressive behavior wasn't on the part of a woman, uh, was disgrace. It never is. Um, <laughs> it it often is. <laughs> and for that novel, I had to spend a lot of time oh, with a, that book. a college professor who is taking advantage, sexual advantage, of one of the students, mm-hmm. and. To the credit of the writer, it's made very clear that the writer is, that the professor is very wrong-headed and sort of asserting his dominance. But still the protagonist right. of the book. So I'm reading 200 pages of this jackass going on about how the girl must find him attractive and how offended he is that she's now gotten over him and looked at somebody else. And then when his own teenage or his own daughter from a similar age is raped, he's very angry and feels like he has to get revenge on the person who raped her it's like mm-hmm. do you see any kind of parallel between what you were doing and what no and, they never yeah. do that's why me too every woman knows mm. somebody no man knows somebody like no man knows a mm. man who's done this behavior every woman knows somebody who this behavior is but, and it's not one dude no. it's not <laughs> well, and so but it was i'm getting that same feeling where i'm along the ride here mercifully it's only half of the time yeah. somebody that really just everything they do is disgusting. I do think I would like this show better if it was skewed towards Bill more. Now, I understand why they're doing both. Mm-hmm. Like, the series is actually named after Brady, right? Like, right. technically. Um, He's the, the eponymous uh, main character. That was very loud. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um... I want to point out a thing. I want to. It's a, a recommendation that I ha- of a thing I haven't listened to, mm-hmm. but in the same vein, mm-hmm. a new podcast, which I probably won't listen to honestly, um, because I don't. I don't much care for the host. Okay. That seems harsh. So it's a new podcast called Lolita. It's 
it's done by Jamie Loftus, who is a um, regular panelist on the Daily Zeitgeist, is a comedian. I tried to listen to her podcast um, that she does with another comedian named Kate Linderante, which is called The Bechdel Cast. Mm-hmm. I am too, I think I'm too old to click in with her. Like some of their takes seem yeah. very dumb to me. Welcome to my world. Because they legitimately just don't know a thing and won't do the easy thing of searching the answer out. So they're just like, well, if I don't know it, it's dumb and it doesn't matter. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's that's a bad take. But she's doing this podcast, I think it's six parts long, about Lolita in our culture, the book. And then all of the adaptations and how we have totally usurped and transformed what the book is actually saying mm-hmm. into what we think of as the meaning. I.e., she is the progenitor of all of the things in the book, even though she is a child and is being fetishized and obsessed over by a grown man. Right. That's not on her. That's on him. The book is pretty clear that that's on him, but every adaptation and the term Lolita, it all turns it around into this, like, she has oh, all she's of the a power. Right. Is, Which is, is the meaning when we use what? that term now. Right. right. It's backwards from the original meaning. And so she is going into that um, that trope and how how and where it got bent and broken okay. into this, yes, into the situation where an 11-year-old is the the temptress in this story, it, which is a wild read, but it's definitely an American yeah. read. Like, that's definitely how it has been transformed. And so she's going into that. So it's a similar, you know, I think of a similar vein. So that's a new new podcast. I'm sure she does a nice job with it, like I said. Um, I just, I don't, I think she's... I don't vibe with her. Um, I have never listened to her do something like this, and she's very passionate about this particular project. So I would recommend checking it out. It's really interesting subject matter, like I said, very short. So I probably will listen to it at some point, mm-hmm. but today is not that day. Uh, but yes, so in the episode, um, after we Brady finishes this uh, session, he goes into work, and he gets a couple of pieces of news. One, Lou is like, uh, you know that dude? He died. <laughs> and Brady's like, oh, really? Yeah, this is the, the, um, the white supremacist <laughs> yes, from the previous Ryan, episode. of course, his name is Ryan, in the fatal car crash caused mm. by Brady and uh, whose death was witnessed by Brady. So we can call Brady. him Roadkill Ryan. We can call him Roadkill Ryan. Should I, be? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> it seems bad. Uh, and then... The other piece of it is that Brady is going to be up for a promotion in the um, in the in the store because his boss, whose name is Frobisher, guys. Frobisher. Weird that I didn't remember that before. <laughs> his name is Frobisher, and he wants to be promoted to DM because they're going to be opening more stores in the area. Now, this is a weird. Uh, change since previously the whole concern was that this store and every other store was going to be closed in by the internet. Mm-hmm. But now they're opening more stores. He wants to be the DM, but they won't move him to DM unless they can replace him at the store level. And 
the two options are Lou and Brady, and Lou obviously, for obvious reasons, can't be given to corporate or can't be produced to corporate. That's what is said. What? <laughs> well, she's... I mean, it's clearly because she, quote unquote, presents as a lesbian. Once again, we've had this conversation three times, and right. for the third time, I'm going to say, what? That means nothing. It's sexist. It's homophobic. Uh, it's definitely uh, grounds for suing on her behalf. Uh, so the idea that Frobisher has is you can hide weird for a little while. You can't hide what she is, which is like such a deeply unsettling. Well, I, I, um, I think this is another indication of how little um, her so-called friend cares for her. Because he at no point stands up to uh, stands up to Frobisher and goes, "Okay, that's wrong. That's immoral. That's whatever." You know, his his care for other people is very conditional. Yes. And what's sad is that uh, what's her name again? Lou. Lou. Lou seems to really believe that they're friends. Yes. And seems to be really be concerned about him. Mm-hmm. But he's so indifferent to her suffering. Or well, he's indifferent to everyone because right. he. Is a psychopath. But it makes me like Lou more to know that she would genuinely stand up for him at all yes. times. And yeah. his standing up for her is very conditional. If it somehow will profit him, yeah. he'll do or it. Or if he gets to like murder somebody. Right. Ooh, you know he loves to murder. Give right. him a chance to murder. And that's it. It's, it's not because he, this, this white guy was, really yeah, mean to her. his friend. Right. It was because this oh, guy was mean to his friend and he had access. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we have Brady making some um, hamburgers soaked in rat poison. Delish. I've never had that. I, I think that's like a Guy Fieri recipe, right? Fieri. Okay. Put maybe. some respect on his name. No, he would not poison you. I don't know. He's I've a better person. He's a better person. Yeah, but it's not poison. It's just weird. It's just bad food. Mm, disagree. Uh, I disagree with you. Well, you don't like like any vegetables, so that makes it a little hard. He's not eating vegetables. He's eating steak covered with eggs and and tater tots. That's what the problem is. Anyhow. No, he's not. No, he's not. He does have a thing called donkey sauce, which I'm pretty Uh, sure you wouldn't be on board for. I would never eat anything called donkey sauce. I don't think I would either. I don't even know what it is, though. Oh, I'm Googling it. What are we doing? We're Googling it. Googling it. Donkey sauce recipe. I accidentally typed donkey sanctuary. I didn't mean typed. I meant clicked on. Donkey sauce. I'm pretty sure there's mayonnaise in that, so you're already out. Mm-hmm. Mayo, garlic roasted, mustard, Worcestershire, sriracha. Actually, you know what? That's not good. <clears throat> One cup of mayo, homemade is best. Two heads of roasted garlic. Oh my God. That's a lot of roasted garlic. Some mustard. It doesn't say brown or yellow or chunky or Dijon or anything in between. One teaspoon of Worcestershire, one teaspoon of sriracha, optional. No, it isn't. Put it in there. Pinch of salt and pepper. Just a pinch. Honestly, that sounds pretty good. All right, anyways, 
Uh, that's Donkey Sauce. Brought right. to you by Guy Fieri. So, back to the show. So he's making some poisonous hamburger. Mom comes in. He uh, also says there are rats downstairs, and that's why there's rat poison just sitting on oh, the kitchen the counter. He had unsuccessfully attempted to buy in a previous episode. Yes, and in this episode, mm. we don't watch him buying it, but we right. presume that he has purchased it because right. it's, it's here now. And also, using our detective so skills. so just like we glean that he was able to go and get it from somewhere, mm. we glean that the incest is ongoing. We don't right. need to see more scenes of it. Um, so we'll let's finish that line. So Brady goes to outside of Jerome's house. What he wants to do is poison the dog. Why the dog? Unclear. He's a monster. It's a beautiful golden retriever. Well, it's purely out of revenge. He sees well, the yes. dog earlier. But and he could just... just kill Jerome. Like, right. I don't know why he needs to go after I the dog. I think part of his element is making people suffer. That is true. So it's, it's not just he wants humiliation and suffering and then death. Yeah. So... He, yeah, I guess that's true. He's mm. gonna ramp it up. Yeah. So he gets out of the car to go walk to where the dog is, and meanwhile, we're seeing Jerome and his sister and their friend coming down the street, and then of course they get there before he is able to get to the fence. And he has a real smooth move there. He freaks the fuck out and right. brings way more attention to himself than he needs. He is to. not a professional killer. He's bad at it. He's just an amateur. Uh, so he rushes back to his car. The problem, too, is that Jerome knows who he is. And yeah. he, or, like, recognizes him because he saw him Jerome in the... Jerome keeps recognizing him. He recognizes him as the ice cream guy. He recognizes him at when they're having him and his friends are... And, and I love well, the conversation, he recognizes by the him as the ice cream guy right. when his friends are out at I the... I love the conversation that they're having there place. with his, They're at a restaurant and they're... Well, yeah, but I mean, the conversation when they discover... Uh, the dog, the dog poisoning attempt. Jerome was walking down the street with his sister. Yes. And her sister's friend. Oh, yeah. They're talking about, I guess, a dance coming up and how they're going to raise money or whatever. And right. they're basically like, well, is it he's going to be king, a homecoming king or yeah. something like that? And yeah, and the friend is like, because you're hot. Like, because you're like a smoking hottie or something. And then his sister's like, ew, that's my brother. And he just like shakes his head like, I don't know why we're having this conversation. I know, this girl's trying to get it hooked up is what it looks like. She's doing her... Get it, girl. He about to go to Harvard. Get it while the getting is good. Um, I just thought that was really cute. Like, by the way, I'm interested. Right, right. <laughs> Brady, um, so Brady knows that Jerome knows, like, can place him mm-hmm. because he saw him out at this restaurant, and um, he says, "Hey," and then he tells the other kids that are there, "Oh, that's the ice, that's the ice cream dude." So Brady doesn't want Jerome to see him, so he brings a lot of attention to himself. Yes, in the process, by like, of, yeah, turning heel in the middle of the street, going back to his car. Turning on his car, peeling the fuck out. This car is beat the fuck up. It has no front bumper. It is at least three different colors. It's not cute. And he's it's like so actively turning his face away from where Jerome and the girls are. Mm-hmm. To the point where Jerome's like, the fuck was that? Like, 
they're on a residential, a quiet residential street. Mm-hmm. There is no cause to be peeling out like that. He could have just gone back in his car. Right. And he, waited for them to pass and then pulled I out like a normal person. I think what he was worried about was the number of times Jerome has caught him lurking now. But well, now he has done... That's zero times. Well, no, he's... He's, he's noticed him driving by in the ice cream truck. Well, he, that's he's his job. He's noticed him in the diner, and he might start putting, now that he knows, well, I don't know, does it come before or after this where he becomes aware that, that um, our protagonist is being followed? He knows that, he's already set up Bill's security guard. Right. Or security So he system. knows that Bill's house is getting broken yes, into. Yes, okay. he does. Um, I don't know if he knows all the way in, all the way in, but he does know that there's mm-hmm. the the tennis ball in the yard with the smiley right. face. Um, he knows that um, it's this episode where it's also apples. We learn about mm-hmm. apples. Right. Um, or he, he's left behind apples uh, with cinnamon on them in Bill's house right. and deleted the part of the footage that would show him coming and going. The footage yeah. jumps from like 4.40 a.m. to 5.04 p.m. So or it a more sophisticated system than what Bill Right. Has. Well, and they're talking about the cloud. There's right. early talk of, well, eventually it's all going to live on the cloud, but right now if it's hard to you can delete it. The, I remember like finding old encyclopedias at my one of my schools that had some outdated stuff. Some days, someday, men will land on the moon. I'm so excited about this. That's very different than this, though. No, but this I, is legitimately shit that is happened, well, has mean, happened, and does happen the in the episode. Right. They're like, oh, this has cloud storage. But it's fun to watch that, I think. Remember a day when this was uncommon and we had to explain it to you. Yeah. And then... Um, the other thing that he often or that that Bill is following up on are break-ins around mm-hmm. the time of the Mercedes break-in, where nothing was hurt, mm-hmm. but like vehicle break-ins, like to see if there's a pattern. And there is a pattern of these vehicle break-ins where they would get the the car would be moved mm-hmm. a block, and there'd be an apple left behind, which so is a he, weird signature, but it's his signature. Yeah. Uh, it's what he, what he, how he killed his kid, his brother, mm-hmm. and then well, the first time. And uh, <laughs> so, do you think he? Well, no, I guess uh, there's no way of knowing. But it seems like it's his calling card because it was his first success yes. at this kind of thing. Although it wasn't a success because he didn't, he wasn't successful right. with the choking. He had to then push him down some stairs or whatever happened. It's unclear, and we didn't see it. Probably because they're not going to show a child being. Well, they show us everything else. So then he gets a call from Janie, and he and Janie have spent the night successfully together, I guess. So there. This is Bill. Yeah, seeing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is Bill. And uh, mom's having a good day. So he goes to talk to their mom about Olivia. And their mom is hilarious. She's very funny. She's very dry. She has no time for nonsense and bullshit. She also looks about 40, which is Mm. upsetting. There's like not a wrinkle on this woman's face. Um, And she's in this assisted living facility. She and Bill are having this conversation. Uh, And then finally she looks at Bill and she's like, you're one of the people that treated Olivia so badly. And then the sort of hazing comes out. We see this in the previous episode where um, because Olivia's response was, when can I get my car back? I mm-hmm. need my car, which is a wild fucking response. 
why would you want to drive that vehicle? You need to go ahead and put that submission into your insurance company and buy a new car. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but you can't. Even if I could give you this car back because it's not covered in 16 people's worth of evidence, 17 people's worth of evidence, you want to drive a vehicle around a town that killed 16 people We've in the town? We've seen the car, too. The car's a wreck. And the car's a wreck. They so never... Well, no. I mean, she could have had it re- redone yeah, at a body I mean, shop or whatever. But, like, what is that saying to your neighbors? Right. Like, oh, there's the murder car. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and it's ludicrous that she would ask for that. Um, and so Bill, in a in a what looks like a placating effort, says, you know, show up at ten o'clock tomorrow at this location. And who's there at that location at ten o'clock that day? The press, who like talks about how she just wanted her car back. And I'm like, I mean, she was pretty terrible to them. But that was maybe a little uncalled for. I don't know. I'm not going to side with anybody on this one. They were both pretty awful. But Janie is hearing this for the first time. They also had written, uh, they being, um, you know, the general public, had written killer cunts yeah. on Olivia's building. So, I mean, her she was pretty ostracized in the town, but... She wanted to drive the murder car around well, to get she, her She's groceries. not doing herself any favors. No. And I think that she also seems to be have a lot in common with our killer in that she doesn't have much sympathy for other people. Yeah. And that's, the, I mean, and and we know Janie understands this about mm-hmm. her sister because she's like, I don't like her either. Right. I loved her a great deal, but I didn't like her. Right. Which she can do. Yes, of course. So Bill comes clean about his part. He says he didn't do it. He wasn't the one who directly made the mm-hmm. phone call to press and things like that, but Yes, this is the stuff that happened. And so Janie is pissed. Her mom is um, overworked, like, uh, worked up. And so he leaves and uh, goes home. Uh, And once again, we've gotten another, right at the beginning of that scene, her going, you got to call your daughter, you got to call your daughter. He had already left one message. No, maybe not. Maybe this is the first message. He's at home at night in his yard, still wearing a suit and, yeah. The suit jacket and the tie. I'm like, you're too drunk to be wearing this in your own home. You need to like put on some put on some soft clothes, Bill. <laughs> soft clothes for, for you. He'll probably guys. fall asleep in the mess. Um and he's uh drunk and he calls his daughter, goes to voicemail, and Jerome shows up mm-hmm. and he's nearly oh, shoots Jerome a second time. Yes, he's overly mad at Jerome. Uh, because he's overly mad at everyone because he's drunk and upset that his lady friend is doesn't want to be his lady friend right now. Because he does go to her room and was like, uh, I, I did badly and I am sorry. But hopefully that the fact that we both want this person behind bars will mm-hmm. bring us together. And she just closes the door in his face and he's like, apparently not. And that's when he goes home and starts drinking. Right. Calls his daughter, leaves a message. Jerome comes by and he's like, you need to stay away. his daughter for the first time. Uh, That's in the second. Okay. Yeah, that's in the second episode as well. Um, He yells at Jerome because he wants to keep Jerome safe and he knows that his home isn't safe Mm because he knows that people have broken in recently. Um, Jerome is bringing him another camera with a... 
like a memory card in the camera. Mm-hmm. So um, you could, you have, to, you could, unless you have physical access to the camera, it won't, you right. won't be able to read anything. Uh, so, you know, he's like, thank you for this, but also stay the fuck away from me. And we see Ida looking out the window um, at him and just being like, because he had, I think, tried to apologize to her or say something to her. And she was like, I'm fine. Nothing wrong over here. And he doesn't know that he that, saw right, that, that she, she saw, saw him with uh, Janie, but she knows that all of a sudden he's very, she's very cold to him. Ida's mm. very cold to him. Um, so then he goes inside, sets up the call, pings Brady, and Brady is home, doing some sort of splatter effect, like on his in his in his basement and gets the call and then goes ahead and sits down and then they have a little conversation wherein uh Brady tries to sort of haphazard half half heartedly nudge him to put a gun in his mouth, nudge Bill to put a mm-hmm. gun in his mouth. And Bill uh asks him or you know is like, here's what I know about you. Definitely incest. Who was it? Who was your first time with your mom, your dad, or the clergy? Or your dad, your mom, or the clergy. And then he keeps poking. And and Brady fucking responds very badly. And at some point, and Bill just starts laughing and is like, I believe you do fuck your mother. <laughs> because of Which the way that Brady can't who, who, keep yeah. his cool. And I really, yeah, I like that. Because it is, yes, Brady is a, a stereotype. Right. No, but like a stereotype. Right. Right? Um, Starting with Oedipus. Yeah, right. Uh, so that is where the scene... So that's where the episode sort of ends. Um, except where we, we actually end over in Brady's house. He's gone upstairs. He's laying in his bed. His mom comes in, again tries to initiate with him, and he freaks out. And yells, you know, mom, please. And, like, pulls away. And then Mm -hmm. she leaves. She goes into her bathroom. She's crying. She pours out some vodka and apparently other bottles of vodka, but we don't see that. And, like, locks herself in the bathroom for the the night. So The suggestion seems to be that she's now wanting to turn a corner. That is what it seems like. Okay. And, And it seems like she is blaming her actions towards him on her drunkenness. Like, right. if she was sober, she wouldn't be molesting her son. Now, yeah. who knows? <sighs> but I think it's, yeah, all all uh, alcoholics are not, you know, perverts. I don't know. I'm trying Correct. to find a nice way to put it. So that's, the, that's episode five. That's the suicide hour. Then we go into episode six. That is People in the Rain. And this was a sort of a different format. So Brady's got a job interview. The day This is the next day from mm-hmm. where we were last night with the call that he had with Bill and all of that. Uh, and he comes out of his room. He's looking for his mom to help him tie his tie because he's a grown man and definitely would need that help. Thank God for YouTube. And can't find her. Can't find her anywhere. Goes downstairs, finds this um, waste container filled with empty vodka bottles and the keys are gone. Now, in the previous episode, I should say, too, at one point, Brady comes home. The fire department is out front. Yes. That's he important. has to let them in, uh, open a bunch of windows, turn off the alarm, 
because she has left a pan on the stove and then gone upstairs and passed out. And so she comes down and he's like, well, you did it again. And this time, this is the third time this has happened. This time they get a ticket. So she's like, clearly not. And, and we had a conversation about her job. So this week we find out what her job is and it is non-existent. She has not worked in a number of years. She did work at a um, salon, Jamie's hair salon, very original name, Jamie. Good job. And, she lost her job, uh, we find out at the towards the end of this episode, when... I was looking up Chaz, who played Chaz. Okay. Um, who's a dude named uh, Terrence Serpico, who looks very much like an adult, the adult version of uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Only with a, a more mushed face. <laughs> His face has more... Mushiest. Like uh, ins and outs. I don't know. <laughs> like he's got like really deep indentations like over his chin and like he's just got a very like more of a craggy right. face, but he looked very much like That's what Anthony I thought Michael Hall yeah. grew into. Because Anthony Michael Hall looks very different than young Anthony Michael Hall, adult version. So that's who I thought it was, but it's not. It's 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 his name is Terry Serpico. And you've seen him in tons of things, I'm sure. He's in the flight attendant tv series which i haven't started watching uh but yeah so um we find out that yes she was drunk at work Mm -hmm. burned a customer doing a dye job and jamie was sued and almost lost the business so there's no way jamie's giving her her job but she is um we see her driving around she's wearing a very uh She's wearing a dress that is not inappropriate, but isn't really appropriate either. So, um, it's 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 just not a day dress. It's mm-hmm. not a I'm going to get my job and my life back together dress. Yes, yeah. it's a trying too hard dress. I think um, that's a way of putting it. So, she she's pulled into the the parking lot of the. Salon that she used to work yeah, at. This is again the strip mall parking it lot. It is a strip mall parking yeah. lot. And she is standing there looking at the salon, sort of mustering her courage. And mm-hmm. then Chaz drives up. And Chaz is the owner of the bar down the street. He used to just bartend, but now he owns it. He's owned, or he's known, oh, Brady's mom's name is Deborah. So he's known Deb since they were in high school, right. maybe even younger than that. Uh, and you know, he takes her, he sees what she's doing, and he's like, you want to go grab some food? Jamie comes into the bar almost every night. I can put in a good word for you or whatever. You want to go get something to eat? They go out and eat. Uh, they go back to the strip mall, and he says, hey, can you get that bag from the back? And he has her open this duffel bag, which is literally made me think, oh, my God, is this the second serial killer in this yeah. <laughs> in this show. Yeah, maybe you can explain this to me. Go ahead. What's inside the duffel so bag? So inside the duffel bag, I don't know what makes up the bottom of it. It looked like maybe towels or something. Mm-hmm. Sitting on top of that are um, a fairly large pink vibrator, a pair of handcuffs. It looks like a a deck of cards. Like there's some random stuff in there, but mostly it's the vibrator and the so handcuffs. And then like... I don't know, breath mints or whatever he wanted. There was like, alcohol in there, Oh, too. that's right. right. There was a fifth of whatever. And he was like, hand me that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. 
the rest is for later. And he like nods over to the, um, there's a motel across the street. Now, we also know that he is not married to his first wife, but is in fact married to a second wife. So he's married. He's got a fucking ring on because she asked him about it. Uh, so he's a weird dude, very gross. But here's my question. Um, was this specific, or does he just happen to have a vibrator and handcuffs he at all times? He doesn't just happen to have them. In case of emergencies? He has a go bag that includes a vibrator and handcuffs. Um, is this the first time he's had this conversation? Probably not. No, absolutely not. Is it normally for a specific other person that he's having a, an affair with? Maybe. See, That'd be my right, assumption. Okay. I just didn't know if maybe it's like his emergency kit. You know, some people have road flares. That's what I'm saying. And he just his has go like a bag is sex Because you never know when you're going to need it. My sense is that he runs the bar, right? Right. So he has, and oh, a bunch of condoms. That was another thing right. that was in there. My sense is that when the opportunity presents itself, either by a willing partner or a partner who's, who's too blitzed out of their it. minds to to say no, that he has provisions. It's uh, it's real fucking heinous. And to have a woman open that, and she says, I'm flattered, and he, like, real mad, drives around and parks next to her car. And she's like, he's like, you know, it was nice seeing you or whatever. And she's like, oh, you're still going to put in a good word for me, right? And he goes, that's when we find out what happened. Mm-hmm. You were drunk at work and burned the shit out of somebody doing a die job. She almost lost her business. She's not going to fucking hire you back. And I'm not going to mention your name to her. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. I would fuck you, but I'm not going to help you with any of your current pursuits. So then she goes into the liquor store that is conveniently located right next to the hairdresser and then we cut away now meanwhile brady's been freaking out freaking out because he doesn't know where the fuck his mom is she hasn't driven a car in apparently two years it is her car but she doesn't drive it so she he like takes a bus to get to work he's late then frobisher takes him to the uh meeting with the with corporate who are just two douchey early 30s guys who speak solely in corporate speak and ask Brody what his managerial style is, which is a conversation that Bro- Brady is absolutely not prepared for yeah. and that Frobisher did not prepare him for. Like, you knew what the fuck w- was going to happen. You want him to perform well. Why wouldn't you make he him... He spends all his time fantasizing about murdering everyone. And then, yes, yeah. instead, well, he's supposed to be answering this. He, mm-hmm. ha- he has these graphic images of cutting both their throats cutting Frobisher's throat, murdering literally everyone in the thing, including Short Order Kick. Yeah. Who is it? Oh, oh, Stephen King. Stephen King. Stephen King gets his... Uh, his... Cameo. Cameo in this as a dead body. His favorite cameo, I'm sure. I think that there's also a really weird kind of... Uh, David Cronenberg segment where he cuts open a person's body, his mom's body, and reaches. And then, in yeah, and... his mom shows up, and right. he stands up, and he cuts her abdomen open and mm-hmm. pulls out the fire truck, right? And then, like, holds it over his head, which is reminds me very much of uh, Cronenberg's kind of weird body horror, mm-hmm. sort of the images from Scanner, not Scanners. Uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? I don't know. Anyhow, I don't. I haven't yes. seen most Cronenberg films, but because I'm not down with body horror, it's. Uh, Horrific. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and so he's trying to spout his managerial, mm-hmm. you know, ideology philosophy, right. of which he doesn't have any. Basically, he's like, uh, it's enough. Employees need to realize that we've given them jobs and they need to stand up for what the culture needs from them. Like, it just it's it's not making weird. any sense. He excuses himself to go to the bathroom. Frobisher follows him into the bathroom and is like, what the fuck was that? That didn't make any sense. They left. And I'm like, well, they weren't speaking any more coherently, right. really. They, he just wasn't using the same buzzwords. Right. Uh, and at which point he's like, my mom's missing. I don't know where she is. And Frobisher is like, my dad's the, like my whole world and I wouldn't know what to do. You shouldn't have come in today. And I'm going to take you to the shop and I'm going to give you a van and you're going to go look for her. And so, um, it's one of those instances where, again, you want to like Frobisher. Yeah. But, but he always seems to pull back at just the moment where you're engaged and going, Oh, maybe honestly, like I said, if, if I'm Frobisher Mm -hmm. and I want the district manager position and I need this person to perform well, to take my position in the store, I don't just yell at him and tell him to be ready at a certain time. Right. We are going over what manager, like we're having the conversation where I basically tell him what the fuck to say. Right. Why wouldn't you? He's bad at it too. Yeah. Yes. Then Brady drives around, drives around, drives around, goes to where the salon is, goes into the, the liquor store. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, she was here, but she bought water and she bought water. So Deb has gone. And then he finally gets home. And she's there. And he's like, and he buys, he has bought at that liquor store a premium bottle of vodka. Because here's the thing. He might hate that she's drunk all the time, but you know what's easy to control? A drunk lady. I think that's kind of <laughs> where, I, I mean, I already didn't like him, but this episode, the way he manipulates her into never improving herself. Although at this point, I'd really... It's. I spent so much time in this episode with these two really undesirable people. Yeah. That it's. I really don't care what happens to them. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, she he scolds her, mm-hmm. and she says, "You weren't born mean," right. which I think is like kind of what he's afraid of. Like, if she's not in this alcohol haze, mm-hmm. she might see him for the she fucking psychopath that he doing, is. Yeah. So. He's like, you can't just stop drinking. You'll, you'll get sick. Mm-hmm. And you could have seizures. You could die. Right. So I bought you this, alco- this, this vodka. You'll have two glasses today, one tomorrow, and then you'll be off, which is not, I repeat, not how that works, but it's fine because that's not what he really wants. So he pours her a glass and he leaves, goes into the basement, and apparently he's got a fucking hidden camera set up in the house so he can see her, and she does, in fact, drink the vodka because she's an addict (laughs) that is what will happen so um so he gets a moment of triumph after that yes it's really mm -hmm, now let's move to so and that's basically their part of this Mm -hmm. episode um the other half of the episode is bill getting a call from janie and her mother has died Mm. Oh, oh, her mother's had a stroke and is right. in the hospital. That's where it is. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> her mom dies. What? <laughs> She's what on okay. the roof. Um, so she, uh, he goes to her, 
and we find we meet Olivia's sister, her, her aunt Charlotte, Janie's aunt Charlotte, who mm-hmm. is also a peach. Uncle Art, who's a pushover, and Janie's cousin, who we have seen before in a thing we haven't talked about yet. That's Holly Gibney. Holly Gibney. Uh, who is played by an actress named Justine, is it Loop or Loopy? It's L-U-P-E. Because she's like weirdly familiar to me. Oh, Ronnie Baker. She is in Madam Secretary. That's where I know her from. And she was in that Brain Dead show that we liked with Mary, not Mary Elizabeth Monster Antonio. Winstead. Uh, so she is playing Holly Gibney, who is uh, very likely autistic mm-hmm. uh, and will become a larger part in the show. Uh, she is also in The Outsider. In that show, she is played by Cynthia Revo. Mm-hmm. Yes, they made her a black character. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. She's very good Calm at that. Everybody, okay. chill out. <laughs> <laughs> so here, um, she just, she like, uh, she's very nervous and she wants to be outside. Like, she goes outside, she's smoking, and Bill kind of is like, well, I won't tell anybody. I used to smoke, too. Actually, can I have one? So kind of bonds with her. And, like, there's a point where she's like, um, I'm turning my head to look at you because I understand that uh, eye contact during conversation is important but now the left side of my neck feels stretched out and the right side of my neck feels like it's um it's been left out so i need to turn my head in the other direction Mm -hmm. uh, for a little while and she turns her head away and i was like i know exactly what that fucking feels like i don't like when one part of my body is doing more than another the other part of my body i was like oh i get that like her performance endearing yes she is very endearing very She's not mean to be offensive or difficult. No. Um, uh, her mother treats her that way. Yeah, her mother's a real pill. And the fact that Bill actually learns to work around it and yeah. he's able to finesse well, the information he needs out of her. Yes, and and Holly is not... She says everything mm-hmm. that she means, so right. if you just listen to her and work within her parameters, you could have a normal She's, um, conversation with guileless her. She's Yes. Is what it is, and she... There's a point that's actually very sweet where he goes and gets some sandwiches with her. So, yes. So, she says, first of all, she's talking about how um, her best friend died and her best friend was Ollie, Mm -hmm. Olivia, her aunt. Okay. So, but she doesn't want to talk about it. Right. He asks and she says that. Because he says, do you mind if I ask you a question? And she's like, there's really no way for me to know that without knowing what the question is, which is the correct answer to that question. So he asks her, and he's she's like, I don't want to answer that question. He goes, okay. He's like, you want to go get sandwiches for for everybody? Um, I know a place. So yeah, they drive and get mm-hmm. sandwiches. They come back. She's like, they smell really good. He goes, eat them. You know, go ahead and that eat. Was, yeah. And she's like, I can't. What if I spill? And he goes, then I clean it up. Like then we clean it up. It's not a big deal. So it's it's fine. Um, and so she starts eating, and then she yes gives her information about how Olivia was hearing voices, and that's what made her kill herself. But the voices were real. They weren't made up, and they weren't in her head because she, Olivia, had this problem where she couldn't pretend. Like, that Mm -hmm. was Olivia's problem. So Olivia probably had a little bit of this autism as well. Um, And she was like, you know, most people 
can pretend that things are okay and that's how they stay happy, but she couldn't pretend, so she took medicine that helped her pretend. But then these voices kept saying that the that it was cheating to pretend, like mm -hmm. it was wrong for her to do that. So she stopped taking her medicine and then, you know, she ended up killing herself. So there's that, which means I'm like, so are there like speaking devices? Like, are there like tiny microphones talking to her? I could see Brady doing some shit like that. I could see it. I could also see, depending on her um, her issues. Or through her phone. Right. But yeah, but I think that it was, a, I think it's a little last yeah. voice. I think that's what Holly's trying to say. Like, it's not like voices in your head. Like, the, because she didn't, she explicitly, that was not mm -hmm. her issue. Like, her issue was explicitly that she didn't have voices right. in her head. Um, and then they get back and Janie is outside and she is sad because her mother has passed away. And um, she hugs Bill. And weirdly, at this time, too, Brady is driving around in the van looking for his mom and mm -hmm. follow, sees them and follows them in and sees Bill hugging which Janie, which is Janie bad for is Janie. Yes. New target. Yeah, that's what it does seem like. Um, and then that's basically it. Mm -hmm. That's basically it? I think so, yeah. That's basically it. That's what happened in this episode. Today I learned that Terry Serpico is not... Anthony Michael Useful Hall. Useful things I have learned today. This and I like episodes where nobody touches anybody's dick. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree <laughs> with you there. Those are just my favorites. It's a personal preference. I really, I think it's difficult to, like I said, spend time with people that you find so unlikable and that yeah. you, you do unforgivable things. Yeah. And I don't know why we are being directed to spend so much time with them. Because um, the show is called Mr. Mercedes. Right. And he's unlikable because he's a murderer. Be creative. Um. So, next week, we're going to talk about episodes seven and eight. Okay. Uh, let me get the names. As we approach the climax of this terrifying story. Of the season. Mm -hmm. Willow Lake and From the Ashes. Oh, thank you. Yes. Those are good titles. I'm not mad at those titles. Uh, and then... Yep, and that's that. So, in the meantime, before we watch who knows how much incest, mm -hmm. uh, do you have anything to recommend that may be incest-free? That's I, a lot I, to I ask. I actually but... haven't been able to catch up on anything. You haven't done anything. Um, just a second, let me... Actually, give me a second. I can recommend something. Okay. Okay, so I just became aware of this program last night. Uh, there is a Netflix program, Alien Worlds. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I saw. I wasn't really watching it because I wanted to save it for later, and I was in the middle of something. But it is a documentary on... Is documentary... Is it a documentary? You, you look at me funny. <laughs> it is a documentary that features suppositions about alien life and compares it to very strange creatures on Earth. So it's educational at the same time. It's not an utter fantasy where we're talking about only these imaginary worlds, although that does happen, but it's comparing some of the stranger life on our planet to the possibility of really strange life on other planets with denser atmospheres, with... Uh, planets are stuck in a locked orbit where it's perpetually facing the sun. 
So there's uh, these huge insect creatures that have to perpetually skitter out of Well, let me let me be clear. Okay. So there are four episodes. All right. And I think you watched the first episode. Well, and then the second one was going on while I was working, but okay. I didn't really watch it. So each one is a different place. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the first one is Atlas, a world of higher gravity than Earth and a thicker atmosphere. Um, the second one is Janus. Then there's Eden and Terra. And these are done basically in a planet Earth or an our planet style documentary. Right. It's very much made up characters. I had seen something like this when I was a kid. There was a documentary on alien life that was broadcast on ABC a long time ago. And the last 15 minutes featured stop motion animation and special effects simulations of life on other planets. Yeah. And that was really neat to me. I haven't seen a program dedicated to that. And it's no. weird that I haven't after all this time. I know that there was an after or after after humanity program that was yes, listed. right when um, when like you'd see the cityscape all covered right, in and greenery the and the directions of evolution deer going through. Yeah, so there's something similar, but so this is it's the genre is docu fiction, is what it's right. called. Um, because it's done as though it is a documentary, but, yeah, but it, at is the same time, it is all speculative. A documentary because they are interspersing that with uh, details about animals on Earth that are very unlikely, and we're looking at right. you know um, we're looking at uh, I don't want to go into the whole dis- you because know, it, it's going to spoil it for people, but looking at very unlikely creatures on Earth and then comparing them to creatures on other planets, so you're getting a, a fair amount of documentary footage of very unlikely animals, followed by the speculative fiction part of it, which is on this imaginary planet, these imaginary creatures happen, and they're based on patterns that we're aware of because of evolutionary biology on Earth. Okay, but I think it starts there and moves to the other thing, Um, because when it started, Mm -hmm. those were not real things. No. Yeah. (laughs) But we are getting both of them. That's why I feel safe in calling it a documentary, because it is. It calls itself docufiction, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and call it okay. that. And speculative evolution, which is a phrase that I like. Speculative evolution. You know what is all all, all evolution is speculative? Because we haven't been knowing about it very long, and evolution takes a very long time. <laughs> so, uh, is that what X-Men is too? Speculative evolution? Um... I don't think that we would probably evolve in those ways. Well, that's why it's speculative, yo. I remember reading H.G. Wells' uh, ideas about the future of human evolution. and uh, The time machine to, is one of the very well, first things. Very first, but his idea was that at the very, very end, human beings wind up sort of big amorphous blobs with large eyes uh, because we don't have, you know, our needs become serviced by machines to become less and less and less uh, physically hardy. What's helped us survive at this point is being on the bottom of a food chain at times. So when that's no longer an issue, we just sort of become mushy. And there's some horrible creatures, by the way, in this program. Oh, One last night was terrifying. No, really? Yes. Yeah, I left about two minutes. The thing in, that rolls over on top cool of you and just like absorbs you because in. it really has no other... A method of locomotion other than just rolling around and smushing. What's it called again? Alien Worlds? Alien Worlds. On Netflix, there are four mm-hmm. episodes. It's really interesting, but like I said, it reminded me of this documentary that I'd seen when I was a kid and just wondered, well, I, I imagine 
time and expense had a lot to do with that. Yeah. And also the fact that there really wasn't much of an audience. Yeah, I thought it was more practical, but it looks like it's all CGI. This this thing is all CGI. So. All right. So, is there no anything that you've happy. seen that you would like to recommend? I don't think so. Um. Yeah, I haven't really watched anything. I watch a lot of YouTube, y'all. It's not is there good. On YouTube. I mean. If you feel like watching painting tutorials, sure. Well, <laughs> like I just said it. I might want to watch a painting tutorial. Who would you recommend? I would recommend three. I would recommend Painting with Jane. I would recommend The Art Sherpa. Her name is Cinnamon Cooney. Art Sherpa? Art Sherpa. And I would recommend Angela Anderson. Okay. And Those so are the three I would recommend. What stands out about these people? Uh, they do full length. Painting tutorials mm -hmm. with really good step-by-step -step information. Um, they also have like traceables and things if you don't know how to draw. Because mm. guess what? You don't have to know how to draw to paint, which is weird. Yeah, they're two completely different skills. I know, but it seems uh, counterintuitive if you haven't been in there doing the things. Yeah. Uh, and I can't draw for shit, so... <laughs> I think you can. I think that we had a bad teacher. At I'm, no, I'm getting better at drawing, but I... Um, I get tired of drawing before all the details are there, so mm -hmm. everything I draw looks flat. And I am also a person who, when I set out to drawing, I want to draw something realistic. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, all of my drawings look like a four-year-old did them, and I don't like that. So that is... And I'm not doing it as a stylistic choice. I'm doing it because I don't know how to do it That's better. That's something so. that comes with time, though. You just have to be uh -huh. patient with yourself. But I don't have the time or the patience. I want to paint a thing now. I don't want to draw it. I want to paint it. So traceable. Ta-da! Um, I'm really actually very happy with the results that you've achieved. There's a few of your paintings that are just really striking. Well, I'm glad you like them. They're all tutorials. So right. if you, too, want to paint like me, uh, maybe this time I will put some pictures up and uh, link the tutorials. So Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I would follow that example yet. There's a surprising lack of Godzilla. Um, I'll see what I can do. Tutorials. So, I, I, yes. No Godzilla, no no paint. Mm -hmm. Well, I... You could just paint Godzilla. I could just... I have the really paint. I'm not good at painting. I think that the issue that I have, and it's a really... It it's completely makes sense, is that because of my issues with seeing colors... Yeah. Is that I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I don't like working in a medium where... I Everyone else will see a different result than I do. The, no, here's how you get over that. You do mm -hmm. value paintings instead. You do one color, and that color could be black. Mm -hmm. And then you just lighten it into various shades of gray, and you do everything in that. Uh, you could do a monochromatic color, or even a color that you can see, yeah. but I would stick with black, because blacks and grays, you, you can see all of the differences, and you could do good paintings in a single color. There's a friend that we have who's a painter. Yes. Very good. And painter. he recommended that I um, take drawing classes because I showed him just doodles out of my notebook. Yeah. You and draw very good. That it's like I have all the skill set. I just need to learn the sort of fundamentals of doing something other than dinosaurs, which is useless Boring, to me, however. Stupid. Yes. God, why? Why what would I draw something other than the dinosaur? But, um,. But anyhow, yeah, so that might be when we reach a safer place with COVID. 
do it something like that. It would be fun to go back and take a class, because I took one with you. And we had a teacher who, unfortunately, was a very difficult person to deal with. And, um, and she seemed to think that, uh, one of those people who think that you grow under humiliation. Yeah, she was uh, pretty garbage. Yeah, so I just, I don't want to... Um, I have a Skillshare. Um, that's a thing that I can recommend. Skillshare. I, I got it on a deal. They were, like, super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are drawing classes and stuff on there. There's also, I'm getting uh, crafty uh, offers for, like, a two fifty nine. Like, I can buy a, a year of subscription right. for $2.59. And they have pay- they have drawing and painting um, courses on there too, so you don't have to leave your house for it. So that's an option yeah, but as well. I think that after after the control of COVID, that I might need to actually be in some that's place. That's fair, where I but I'm saying you don't have to right, wait no, if you I didn't want to. to. I yeah. really want to. Um, there's a couple of things that I'm looking forward to getting back into, uh, and one of them is to actually start working with other writers or meeting other writers in groups because my understanding is that now that's basically how it works. You, I remember watching um, a conversation with Joyce Carol Oates who said that most of the you're getting ahead as a writer now is based on networking. Yeah. And that's just, unfortunately, I've never been good at that. Yeah. So it's some time to sharpen that skill set. I, uh, I realize that I've written, a, uh, I've gotten published twice. I have written for a television program that was all from just being really pushy with people on Facebook and trying to get their attention. Not That's not accurate. Um, well, pushy for me, because usually I just don't deal with people, and then this happens, so I'm really glad that I've had the opportunity now. And I think that maybe... But it, you group. weren't like, hey, I wrote this, hey, I wrote this, you should read no, this, no, hey, I wrote this. Saying, it was hey, interactions. Anthology, and I was the first person to respond saying, well, I write. And so That's came, not pushy. It came out, well... <laughs> Like I said, it is for for a person who doesn't deal with people, it, it, it feels that way. Mm. So, who knows? Maybe I'll get some success with this too. Dun, da, da, da. Is that it? That's Are we it. there? Okay. So, if you guys have questions, comments, or concerns, you could email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com or you could tweet at us at latecomerspod or you can find us on Facebook by searching Latecomers Podcast. Next week, Episode 7 and Episode 8 of Mr. Mercedes Season 1. And until then, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you, better better late late than than never. never.